an artist, and a chef teamed up to provide scholarships to students attending art institutes and culinary schools. This is their podcast. DC in Two Perspectives is hosted by Tina Whitlow and Sean Lightfoot. Hey, Sean. What's going on, Tina? Oh, well, something I want to share with you. In my experience, I used to be a parent educator, and I worked very closely with Child and Family Services. And also, I came across a lot of families who experienced infancy and pregnancy loss. And helping them cope with that type of situation was kind of difficult because I've never personally dealt with it before. How have you coped with that situation personally? Um, It's a very traumatic experience uh, coming from a parental perspective. My daughter actually experienced this, and that was the first time that I had ever been up close and personal with um, that challenge. Um, All of the changes, the grief, the just everything, emotional, uh, mental state of mind, uh, those things were uh, very new to me. Um, and I was challenged at how to help my daughter get through these things. Um, were there any resources, um, you know, her state of mind, um, how was she going to feel about the future of you know, starting a family, just, just everything um, as a parent. And we want to protect our kids from you know, harm, uh, but there are some things you just cannot shield them from. And once these things happen, you have to just uh, dig down deep, say a lot of prayers, and hopefully you come up with the right you know, antidotes for how to help. I know that it can be extremely difficult for a single parent. But even as a family, it can be difficult as well because there are different individuals experiencing the same situation at the same time, but everybody experiences it differently. Everybody deals with it differently and their emotions differently. But what is something that, how can you handle, how can you get past that, especially after you've already had, especially after having a baby? How do you learn how to celebrate that baby without the grief? And I know they call that the rainbow baby. Um, I think with my daughter, she put her energy in the right place, which was to care for um, my grandson, Jair, who has just been a spark in everyone's life. Um, and then find that place to remember uh, the child that was lost. Um, I think it's it's one day at a time. <coughs> Excuse me, but it's also, you know, finding through these challenges and through these uh, situations that, you know, in the African-American community, the, the young adults of the young adult women in these communities and the young men, we found that there wasn't a lot of services, a lot of resources, um, support systems. And if they were, they weren't hitting home in these communities. Um, we just found out uh, <coughs> excuse me, recently um, that the rate of infancy and pregnancy loss in our communities of Ward 7 and 8 are just tremendous. Um, maybe even eclipsing the national numbers. I agree with you, Sean. 
Coming from the professional side of parent education and social services, I also see that there is a lack of resources for that particular family style who is going through that situation. There are resources for families who have experienced child loss, but that could be at any age, or they could have lost their child from any incident. There's nothing really specific for infant and pregnancy loss. I guess at a young age, finding a trusting um, source, a resource or a comfort place where you can go, (coughs) excuse me, um, and talk about the grief, talk about the um, the mental experience, the, the load that's upon you. Um, we found that there just wasn't a safe place. Mm-hmm. Let me reframe that. Um, I'm not going to say there's nothing for that source, but I just see that there's not enough, especially for families on the east side of the river. There's not enough resources that they can get to or resources that come to them also to kind of help them in their need. Listen to these two perspectives. The first perspective. Hello, hello. My name is Tina Whitlow from the Whitlow Foundation, and I'm here with my partner, Chef Lightfoot. Hello, everyone. Today, we are here with Tanisha Lightfoot, the founder of Charlie's Way Foundation. Hi, Tanisha. Hello, everyone. Good hello, morning. Tanisha. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you feeling? I'm feeling well. I'm feeling excited. So we know this is the launch of your event for Charlie's Way Foundation. Tell us a little bit about your event today and a little bit about Charlie's Way Foundation. Okay, so the event today is a um, symposium to bring awareness to pregnancy and infant loss um, in the inner city where we want to bring focus to this cause because there aren't a lot of supports um, in the community for young women, young men, um, and teenagers who have experienced loss of a pregnancy or an infant um, under the age of one week. Um, And we want to make sure that we have mentorship, outreach, and community involvement and activities to ensure that there's a safe space for them to share their stories and promote healing. So it's, it's about recovery. Yes. And finding your way back to a place of comfort where you could still have the idea that you can carry a family. Yes. It's, it's about going through the process because you absolutely want to go through the process, but looking at the other side, coming out on the rainbow, which I like to call it. The rainbow is the end of the journey. Um, knowing that there is a next time. There is a tomorrow. Um, the pain isn't forever. It's not a lifetime thing. Um, and through supports and community and safe space, you can always come out on the other side. Tanisha, in your perspective, tell us what do you think is lacking as far as services that are provided to the community for somebody who has experienced loss? I think that the lack is a service that is exclusive to pregnancy and infant loss. There are um, agencies and organizations that cater to loss of children in a broad spectrum, but not specifically to pregnancy and infant loss. And so having someone who shares your experience and that is like you, looks like you, sounds like you, um, we don't have a lot of that here. And that's what's needed. 
I guess I can ask this question coming from a parental side because I experienced this with my daughter. Um, what would you tell parents uh, that have a child that's experiencing this? Be patient. Be patient. Be supportive. Um, ask your children, how can you help? Sometimes it may be not saying anything at all um, and just physically being present. So you just want to know how you can support them through their time. What do they need? So Tanisha, tell us what will Charlie's Way Foundation bring to fill that void, that lack of ser- those lack of services that are in the community? How are you going to help families? So what Charlie's Way will offer is monthly support groups to young adults and teenage girls. Um, we're also... We want males to be involved, but our target population um, are women, of course. Um, We also are going to offer one-on-one mentorship to the 25 and under age group. And then we're going to have quarterly self-care events. A lot of people don't understand that with loss and other mental health um, things that you absolutely need to take care of yourself. And taking care of yourself can be just going to the mall, let's do yoga, or just Take a deep breath. Let's go to the spa. Just do things to take care of your absolute self through your journey. Thank you so much, Tanisha, for joining us and giving us some of your precious time. Thank you guys for having me. And this is DC and Two Perspectives. That's wrap, that wraps us up. Thank you. The second perspective. Hello from DC and Two Perspectives. I am Tina Whitlow from the Whitlow Foundation, and I'm here with my partner, Chef Lightfoot. Hello, everyone. And we are here today with Sadija Smiley. Hi, Sadija. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello, Sadija. Thank you so much for being here. So Sadija is with the Sanadi House organization, and she also has her own organization called Cells, which focuses focuses on infancy and pregnancy loss. Tell us a little bit about the current organization that you are working with now. Great. Um, So Sinai House is a transitional housing program, and we provide um, transitional housing up to two years for um, families. So you do have to have a child under the age of 18. And part of the services that we provide, because we do provide a comprehensive um, service and holistic approach, includes case management, parenting classes, um, financial assistance in terms of a savings plan. We also um, provide therapy and clinical services as well as financial coaching um, and educational and career classes. So there's a team of consultants that support the program. Awesome. Now tell us a little bit, of, little bit about SALES. Yes, so SALES is an acronym for Stillborn and Infant Loss Support. And um, I founded that organization in honor of my daughter, who um, was stillborn at 36 weeks. And so our mission is really to raise awareness around um, pregnancy and infant loss and stillbirth and really support those individuals who are on that journey. And so we um, just kicked off in January, and we provide um, conferences and summits and just really try to create a safe space to have the conversation. So in your experience... um What's going on with the guys that may be affected by this? How do you guys help and support them? Yeah, so um, so far what we've noticed, even from my own personal experience, um, at the time my um, husband had not really talked about the loss. And women and, and men kind of grieve differently and their journeys look different. 
Um, and oftentimes when um, the couple is together, the man automatically assumes the role of taking care of the woman. And so he may um, push his grief to the side to be there for the woman. It's a really difficult time, so making sure she showers, some of her basic needs she's not really able to take care of. And so the men are there for the women. Um, also, what I've noticed um, in the work that I've been doing is that if they're not together, um, oftentimes the men kind of detach. Um, with a woman, the moment you find out you're pregnant, you automatically begin thinking and preparing. With men, what I've noticed and we've noticed in the work is that they don't always attach until the baby's actually born. So through the pregnancy, the men don't always connect it. Um, and so it takes a while for it to hit them after the loss. And I can assume it, it because was so animalistic that our our instincts wouldn't gravitate towards that sensitive side of that loss and grief that we would need. Um, in terms of age, um, what kind of age group do you come across that in terms of men that are affected by this? Ironically, it, it really does span the gamut. Um, the other day, I had a gentleman who's 45, and um, he and his wife have been married for 20-something years. In their first um, pregnancy, they lost twins. And so he wow. sent me an inbox of a story I posted on Facebook, and he had not really thought about or talked about losing the twins until he saw that. And so in the inbox that he even sent me, it was I never realized how it affected me. Um, until having read. And then the, the youngest person actually was a 16-year-old, so I'm glad to hear about Charlie's way in providing that support to the youth um, because he was 16 and his girlfriend um, miscarried and he really didn't know what to do or who to talk to about it. So it kind of really spans the age range. So, Deja, let me ask you, well, you just mentioned the services provided to the teenager which you were excited to see. Do you see, in your, in your perspective, do you see that there is a lack of services provided to families who are going through loss? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I think it's kind of dual um, or multiple reasons. Um, one is, is we don't talk about it. It's, there's not really a safe space um, or a space period, whether it be safe or unsafe, to have the conversation. Um, so many people don't even talk about it. Um, and then just with the youth, they have so many pressures, right? And so then, um, one, they're young. And when you're becoming a young mom or a young dad, a lot of people, that's not a favorite thing. They're not really excited for you because it's such a critical period at a young age. So it's hard for them to get the support period that they're already going to be a parent. But then to have lost a child is... Um, real difficult for them to find that support. Mm -hmm. uh, quick, here's a question for you. Um, in terms of like services, when there are two organizations that have this same uh, mission and vision, how do they combine their efforts so that we can impact our community a little bit more broader? And the last part of your question is, is what I was actually going to lead with because you may have individual organizations who have their own networks and their own um, target populations and target areas, but when you combine them together, it is a broader reach um, because it expands beyond their own networks and who they know. And I think that we learn, as I'm learning and partnering with other agencies that are doing this work, there's a lot of holes and a lot of gaps because our journeys, although um, it's a similar cause, 
our journeys are still very different. So we noticed in our own journeys some holes, and the holes are different in each person's journey. So by combining and partnering, collaborating, we're able to fill in those holes to provide the missing services. Sadija, this is my last question. What can organizations like Sales and like Charlie's Way do to fill some of those holes and gaps? Partnership. Um, it's really because it's, it's, you cannot do it alone. It's way, the numbers are extremely high. Um, one in four pregnancies will um, end in a loss. And that's one in four pregnancies, not women. So you have women that have multiple losses. Um, and so collaborating, again, reaching beyond because we can't do the work across the world or even across our city because we're focused in our own neighborhood or community because it's so much that's needed. So when you collaborate, you can fill in those holes, whether it's, again, sales in Charlie's Way. Our sales specialty or target population, while we may touch the youth, that's not our concentration. So now having heard and knowing about Charlie's Way, when I come across, when we come across youth, we now have an additional referral source. Cross networking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Saudia, for being here and giving us your precious time. And this wraps us up for DC and Two Perspectives. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sean, this was such a great event. And also thank you for the awesome brunch that you provided for this, this event, which was the Charlie's Way Foundation Symposium and Brunch, which was sponsored by the Whitlow Foundation, Events DC, Sephora, and the DC Housing Finance Agency. During the event, there was a panel discussion with six panelists and also one moderator. Thank you to Crystal Glass for being our moderator for this event from Real Talk Conversations. We interviewed Tanisha Lightfoot, who is the founder of Charlie's Way Foundation, and also Sadija from Sales, who both organizations focus on infancy and pregnancy loss. Yeah, um, my daughter... Uh, experience when she experienced this um, the one thing that came out of it was this walk that we started doing three years ago and we would convene over at Watkins Park and the numbers just continued to grow and she said daddy I need to do something different um, I really want to be more impactful in how um, trying to change the perception of what resources are out there for young women uh, who are going through this and we decided to launch our foundation. Um, and as a parent, like I said, it's just one of those amazing journeys that you go on with your kids and um, you just try to be there for them. And I was educated along the way. Um, she has a, an amazing support system from her mom and you know other family members, but just understanding what she wanted to do and where she was trying to take this um, and I told her, once we do this, um, you have to be prepared because if you're going through this and you know that others are going through this, they may, they may reach out to you. So be prepared for that. Tanisha and Sadija, um, they both shared the purpose for starting both their organizations and also their personal stories. One thing interesting that Sadija shared with me is a little bit more on the data side. Um, which is something that which is this is something that you really don't pay attention to if you haven't gone through this uh, personally or it hasn't direct it hasn't affected you directly. Um, one out of four pregnancies are lost 
And that doesn't mean one out of four women. That means one out of four pregnancies, meaning that one woman can have four pregnancies and lose three, lose three infants. That is crazy. Yeah, and um, from what I gathered from her was how her husband, her family, they were challenged, not um, intentionally, but just inadvertently by, you know, the capacity of what she was going through and not knowing what to do and how to help her. Um, that made me really think about how many other young men and or fathers um, that are impacted with this, what, what's, what's their platform to express or to exhale the emotional baggage that comes with it. Um, and we've learned some interesting things through this panel this evening um, mm -hmm. regarding that, um, how s men are affected, <coughs> excuse me, and or some may even be the cause of some of these pregnancy losses. So we have to really take a good look at um, our community as a whole um, from, from both perspectives, the, the men and the women. Mm -hmm. and try to figure out how we can help support getting getting them through these uh, hard times. Not only did we have a great discussion from the panelists, but we also had great comments from the guests that attended also. A lot of them stood up and shared their personal experience yeah. from this subject, infancy and pregnancy lost, and also shared the amount of trauma that you can face as a family, especially if you, especially if this is something that you go through or have went through multiple times. Yeah, I think this was, um, it was really needed. Um, this platform of being in a room where you look around, you're looking around at people. Mm -hmm, absolutely <coughs> the yeah. room got a little got a little heavy yeah and and definitely that's what a little looking, emotional you're looking around at people who've experienced the same thing versus a, a, a bunch of people who have not experienced this and, and may not have an idea of the emotional impact mm -hmm. so excuse me <coughs> that was um one of the most um I think one of the things I took away from that was just how comfortable everyone was with sharing. That also helps healing. At the Whitlow Foundation, our vision is to offer micro-scholarship awards in the forms of tools of the trade for the creative arts and culinary art forms to students who are attending an art institute or a culinary school ages 17 to 22 with the abilities, the passion, and determination who cannot otherwise secure the financial aid needed to make those purchases. We're here to introduce them to all options that will assist them in funding their creative education. We want them to succeed in a culinary arts program or an art institute to further their aspirations of becoming an artist or an accomplished chef. So we offer supplies and the monetary aid options that are not required to pay back to assist them in meeting their financial needs. 